Is it possible, (laughs) with all the frustrating, challenging, unpredictable things in our lives, in this crazy, fast-paced, chaotic world, to be patient? Is it possible? That's where this sermon took me today. Is it even possible to be patient? Margaret Thatcher once said, I'm extraordinarily patient provided I get my own way in the end. (laughs) We're in a series called Fruition, and we've been looking at the singular fruit of the Spirit that he bears in our lives this summer. And we come to that aspect of the fruit, possibly of these nine that make us the most uncomfortable. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I would venture to say for most of us, the love sermon, which we're doing at the end, we would say, yeah, I like love, bring it on. When we talk about joy, I like joy, yeah, I want more joy in my life. Yeah, peace, peace, I like peace. Patience. DJ said, yeah, you can put me into the back of the line to get patience, right? Like that, when we think about patience, I, we joke, right? We have all these cliches that we use in the church. Don't pray for patience because then God's going to put you in situations where you need to apply more patience, right? Who has time for patience? Come on, that was pretty funny, you guys. I worked hard on that line. That's pretty good. Who has time for patience? We do not want patience in our lives. We do not want patience in our lives. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I read a lot of things on patience these last few weeks. I listened to a lot of sermons on patience. I read things from Christians' perspectives on patience. I read things from secular people on patience. And everyone agrees on two things when it comes to patience. One, we all need it. Two, becoming patient is not easy. Why? Why do you think patience is so hard? I would offer maybe an internal reason and an external reason to you this morning. Internal reason why patience is so hard. Well, it's from how we're wired from the beginning. We want things now. We want them our way, and we don't want anyone to determine what's supposed to happen, right? So, so there's this phrase that two-year-olds learn when they don't get their way, and they say, it's not fair. It's not fair. And I would argue, for many of us, we have not learned to stop saying that. When things don't go our way, deep, deep, deep down... We still cry out, just like that toddler, it's not fair. It's not fair. And that one thing that's in our lives, even if it's just for silly things, like maybe not getting picked for a team or getting dumped or not getting a job, we say it for hard things. We can't find a spouse. We lose a loved one. We can't find a job. We're stuck in an addiction. 
We have an abusive past that haunts us. And when we live in that, our heart stirs in us this cry of, it's not fair. And when we think things aren't fair, being patient is the farthest thing from our hearts and minds. Now, the external reason maybe is somewhat obvious and more cultural, especially in our Western culture here in the United States, you know, you maybe have heard this phrase, patience is a virtue. It's not a biblical verse where that comes from. It's actually attributed to a poem from the 1360s where a guy said, patience is a virtue. And it's interestingly enough, over the centuries, for many, many years, all over the world, leisure was seen as a privilege. Think about this with me just for a second. That, that it used to be, back in the day, that you were seen privileged if you were able to have a slow, easygoing life. And so even early on in the 1900s in, in magazines, they would have these pictures of people in the middle of the day on a yacht sipping tea. And they'd be like, don't you want that life? Don't you want that life? And, and it used to be that patients was a virtue. But now in our world, and I think you would agree with me on this, busyness is a virtue. We, we actually have shifted to this weird thing where we're like, we think it's cool to be busy. What is wrong with us that that has happened, right? That, that we've come, but, but even though I say that, like I, I do that, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's busy. Because why? Because we're like, that means you're living the life if you're busy, which we know doesn't sound right, but we still say it. Because in our culture, this is how we're, we're driven. We're, we're, our new motto is busyness is a virtue. And, and busyness, let's all agree, is the opposite of any kind of patience in our lives. Dallas Willard, a writer and a preacher, he said this, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. So we live in a crazy, fast-paced world that values hurry and busyness. We, we all have this entitlement perspective that we deserve things, and if it doesn't happen our way, it's not fair. And, and, and let's, let's dig just a little bit deeper into that. What happens then is it stirs in us this feeling of resentment. That deep down in our souls we're resentful. I mean, I mean, think back, if you would, for even over this past week. Like, you know, we could joke about being patient when we're driving, right? Like we get impatient with people and how they drive. But do you know what the seed of impatience is in that moment when you're impatient with that driver? It's the seed of resentment. That you resent the person that's not behaving the way you want them to. And what happens in all of this is we have to be honest with ourselves and vulnerable with ourselves to acknowledge that, that when we're hurried and busy and thinking we're entitled and we don't ever want to exhibit any kind of patience in our lives, it's going to lead us to this deep down resentment towards God. Because if, like Dwayne talked about this morning, God is in control of all things. He is sovereign. He is the one that is directing our lives. And things aren't going the way that they, we want them to. 
we're going to, in some ways, at some moment, resent God for what he's doing. Do you resent God? Do you struggle with his invitation to you to be patient in this life? It's interesting, the, the antidote to our frustrating, challenging, unpredictable, fast-paced, have-it-now, hurried world is patience. That's all I'm inviting us today to do, is to consider asking the Spirit to do something in us to make us and produce the fruit of patience in our lives. Are you struggling with resentment, hurrying, and fighting with not getting what you want in this life? Well, the Bible says the radical path to freedom from that is patience. Maybe the exact opposite of what we think it is. So today, what I want to do is I want to define biblical patience. I want to look at the dividends of patience and then talk about developing patience. So let's define biblical patience. Let's talk about the dividends of it. Why be patient? What, what are the benefits of it? And then talk about how to develop patience. So let's define biblical patience first and foremost. There's actually two Greek words for, the, for patience in the New Testament. The, the whole New Testament is written in the Greek language. And there's two different words. So one word for patience, they're very similar. So that's why they're using um, overlapping in some ways, but one has more of this idea of abiding under. It, it's, it's a little bit more of a feeling. The word sometimes is actually translated as steadfastness. To be patient has this idea of I'm going to just be under this and be steadfast, be faithful. But here in Galatians, it actually has a more literal, the, the literal meaning of patience. It's a different word. It's kind of two Greek words put together. It literally means long temper. So when we think about being patient, it, it, it has this idea of stretching out our temper. And so it's the sense of the ability to hold one's temper for a long time. The King James Version says, it actually literally translates, you know, love, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or sorry, love, joy, peace, long-suffering is how the King James Version translates it. So a patient person is able to endure much pain and suffering without complaining or grumbling. A patient person is slow to anger as he waits for God to provide comfort and punish wrongdoing. Inventory moment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which way do you lean? Complaining and grumbling, patience. So patience is a 10, complaining and grumbling is a 1. Where, where are you? Do not answer that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> a patient person is able to endure much pain and suffering without complaining. That's what the fruit of the spirit of patience is. The key in this life is that there will be suffering, heartache, and struggle, and patience is the ability to take it. That's what patience is. The ability to delay our response of complaining and grumbling. 
I want to jump over to the book of James to process some more of this this morning. There's a great segment of James. James is an interesting person the way he writes. He's very in your face. He just kind of says it how it is. He's not afraid to just call things out. And at the end of his book, in James chapter 5, verse 7, he actually talks about being patient. And he, and he makes this call to the church, to his readers. And he says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. We have friends in Oklahoma who are farmers. And I have this love-hate relationship with going down there because I love hanging out with Rich and we get to, he t puts me in the combine and I get to drive the combine and feel like I'm a farmer. You know, it's like, I love it. It's so much fun. And I hate it. I mean, it is so slow. And, and Rich says this thing. He says this thing all the time. I'm like, hey, I'll be like, hey, Rich, how are the crops this year? And he'll be like, yeah, we'll see. And I'm like, well, you know, how's, how's the cattle? How's everything going? He's like, we'll see. And, and every answer to every question is he's like, well, I'll be, hey, Rich, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do? He's like, we'll see. <laughs> I, he just, there's this, like, thing in him about farming that he's like, I'm, you know, I'm I just going to kind of see, see what happens. He's got this patient perspective of what's going to take place there on the farm. And, and James here, what he's saying is, what he's calling Christians to is an attitude like that. That we would say, well, how's, how's our walk with Jesus going to go today? Well, we'll see. How's church going to go? Well, we'll see. How's my job going to go? I don't know. We'll see. And I think in that, inherent in that, what James is saying is, really what that is is this, this invitation, this understanding, this perspective that God's at work in the middle of all of it. And for me to determine exactly how he's working or what he's doing, I, I can be patient and trust him like a farmer can with crops and how slow they are and, and trusting in the rains that someday come and someday don't, that, that there's this invitation for us as Christians to be people who are like that. Adrian Rogers, very famous preacher, he, speaking about this, he said, I'll tell you one thing about fruit. You'll never see a fruit factory. You see a shirt factory but you see a fruit orchard. You see, there is no fruit without life. You cannot manufacture patience. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. That, that when we think about biblical patience, what the Bible is inviting us to in this crazy, fast, frustrating, have it your way, I'm entitled, it's not fair world, it's saying, really, the way to experience and have life is to have patience through it all. And that patience is going to come from the Spirit of God, who's going to create in us this understanding or ability to endure the pain and suffering of this life without complaining and grumbling. I think it's worth just a little bit of time here asking the question, well, what is the opposite of patience? And the opposite of patience is 
impatience, right? That's, we would understand that. And so, is impatience a sin? Well, I'll let you ponder that at lunch today, but think about that. I'd ask you to think about it. Is impatience a sin? I'll at least say this. Impatience leads to agitation, anger, and a desire for revenge. Impatience leads to agitation, anger, and a desire for revenge. And we see here in James what we've been talking about. It leads to grumbling. Verse 9, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So, so there's this warning here that James is offering to us. He's saying, listen, if you're going to grumble and complain about your life, that's being impatient. And biblical patience is an understanding of the mess of this world. Trusting that God is in control of it and being patient for God to work. And we just say, we'll see. We'll see. And you know you're experiencing the fruit of patience or the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, which is patience, when we're long-suffering, when we're slow to grumble, when we're slow to complain. So let's just say out loud here real quick, patience is miraculous, right? I mean, can we just agree on that? That I want you to think about someone in your life who's patient. Now think about someone in your life who's impatient. And how much more quickly does the list grow for all the impatient people we know, right? I mean, let's just, let's just pause here for a second and, and, and acknowledge what Adrian Rogers was saying. The fruit of the Spirit is patience, and you cannot manufacture patience. It's miraculous. And and so I want to spend some time, if I can, really talking about why patience is so valuable. What are truly the dividends of patience in our lives? But before I do, just just maybe a a side note here, if I could, because I think it's important. So we're talking about this idea of when we encounter the struggles and the pains and the heartaches of this life, that the fruit of the Spirit, that what the Spirit is going to do in us is He's going to produce. One of the attributes of this fruit that's going to come to bear fruit in our lives is, is patience. And we're, we're, we're not going to be grumblers. We're not going to be complainers. We're going to be people who look to God and wait on him and say, you know, God will see how you're going to work and what you're going to do in this life. And, and, and what I want to acknowledge here just quickly, because patience, there is some nuance to it, is we can have this counterfeit view of patience. One commentator that I read, and I really appreciated what he was saying, was he was saying there's this counterfeit view counterfeit vision or version of biblical patience and it's indifference. Indifference is a way of saying, I don't want to deal with that. And that's not what the call of patience is, right? So we can be indifferent, which is to just suppress the suffering, to pretend it's not there, to pretend that there's not hurt and pain. And so when I talk about the Bible calling us to patience, I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't look at things that are in the world that aren't right and pretend that it's all just going to be okay. That's not what biblical patience is calling us to. So th- we, we need to understand the both sides of uh, the opposite, or there's two opposites, if you will, of patience, right? One opposite is impatience, grumbling and complaining. But the other opposite of patience, if you can have two opposites, is indifference. And we have to be careful to not fall into either one of those. 
So let's now talk about the dividends of biblical patience. I, I thought some about this sermon. You know, I thought, well, I could talk a lot about why impatience is bad. But I don't think I need to prove that to you because I think we all know. Like if we had our choice of impatience or patience, we always look back and we go, ah, oh, I wish it was more patient. So, so why? What are the dividends of biblical patience? Well, the first dividend is this. It's perspective. Patience helps protect from circumstances being critical to our contentment. Hear that again. Patience protects us from circumstances being critical to our contentment, to our happiness. Think about that, that, you know, when, when we have patience in this life, it, it helps us step maybe to a bigger perspective of what could be happening. You know, we get, we get so focused on the here and now. We're like so right here, like this is going to be so bad and this is going to ruin my life and this is going to do so many things. And what, when we think about the fruit of the Spirit bringing patience in our lives, basically what that means is it it enables us to step outside and say, you know, I I can look at this from a a better way. I cannot be swayed. I cannot be so up and down in all of this stuff. Like, I I can understand that God has a purpose in all of this. The story of Job and Joseph are so powerful to us here. Joseph in the book of Genesis, the story of this journey that he was on with ups and downs and all this battling with his brothers, and there's this beautiful picture of him at the end saying, you know, what you intended for evil, God used for good, and and there's this picture of Joseph's patience through his entire life, and maybe as an action step this week to help you ask God to bear that fruit of patience in your life as you would read the story of Joseph. But his perspective was to trust that God was working in all things. You know, when it comes to sovereignty, it's this big word about God that he's in control of all things. We talked a little bit about it last week when Chuck was preaching. You know, the Bible says that God's sovereignty and the way that he works is a mystery. That, that when we talk about God's will, there's this aspect to God's will that is mysterious that we'll never know. How God is working in and through all things. I mean, we should, as finite creatures, ask questions sometimes about suffering, about heartache, about pain, and wondering how God's working in those things. It's a very complex thing for us to grasp and understand, but at the same time, God reveals enough about his sovereignty and the mysterious ways that he works in this life that, and that he's inviting us to trust him. And, and when we do trust him, when we put our trust in what God is doing in this life, then it enables us and empowers us to have patience even in the midst of struggle and pain and heartache. You know, patience keeps us from being thrown by the waves of the sea. The spiritual fruit of patience, yes, it can help me with a slow driver in the left lane. Yes, it can help me with a difficult boss, But biblical patience can do so much more than that. I don't don't want this sermon to turn into something where we just make fun of slow drivers in the left lane. I mean, biblical patience can radically change how we experience this life. 
Biblical patience is built on the promise that James points us to. Be patient, therefore, brothers, when? Until the coming of the Lord. What are we patient for? I thought a lot about this. You know, like, when, when, this is what we think. I'm sure you're hearing this because as I was writing, this is what I was thinking. I need to be patient until it goes the way I want it to, right? That, that's kind of how, what we hear when we think about patience. We're like, I'm going to be patient until this works out the way that I want it to. And when are things going to work out the way that you want them to? When Jesus comes back, that's when. And, and I'm not being funny, actually. I'm being totally serious. When is everything in your life going to go exactly the way you want it to? When Jesus comes back and sin goes away and our false motivations aren't there anymore and people aren't dot, 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 fill in the blank, that's when. So, so when we say we're going to be patient, we're being patient till or towards what? Till Jesus comes back. And, and if we're going to be patient till then, till he returns, what does that mean when there's someone driving slow in the left lane? I mean, can you see that, the, I mean, that the dozies don't even compare? This shook me a little bit this week. I'm serious. Like, when I was thinking about doing this message, I was like, yeah, we're going to get everyone to stop being crabby to drivers in the left lane this week, right? And it'll be great. We'll be the church that changes St. Charles. I mean, think about the call that God has for us here. A, a very, very near and dear friend of mine, a deep mentor of mine, earlier this week had a stroke on Tuesday night, and they took him off the ventilator yesterday, and he's, gonna, he's going to go be with Jesus probably today. And I thought a lot about him this week because his journey was rocky and hard. There were three men that I think had one of the most significant impact in my life, and he was one of the three. And so it's very heavy to just ponder that and reflect on that. And I was thinking about his patience till this moment when he would get to go be with Jesus and his sin and his pain and his suffering and all of the things that he endured through this life that really what the fruit of the Spirit wanted to do in him was for him to be patient until this moment. And that is what the Spirit wants to bear in our lives. Asking the Spirit of God cultivating a place where the Spirit of God can help us to be patient people gives us a perspective on this life that we can get from nowhere else. The other dividend of biblical patience is perseverance. <laughs> now, I'm actually kind of balancing two things here, right? Like, on the one hand, there's perspective that even if everything goes completely wrong in my life, I'm going to be patient until Jesus returns because that's, that's truly where everything will be made right. And at the same time, 
I do think that in this life, Paul, Peter, sorry, James, here in this passage, what he's saying is, he's saying, yes, the greatest return, the greatest fruit of the uh, perseverance and patience and perspective that we'll have is when Jesus returns. At the same time, there are going to be situations in this life where we do experience blessing, where we get to see the reward, where we get to taste the fruit. That's why he's using the picture of a farmer here. That, that, that he's saying, at some point, the farmer, you know, Rich, he says, we'll see, we'll see. But eventually, he does get to harvest. He does get to taste what's going to happen. And in James 5 here, in Galatians 5, they're pointing us to this powerful truth that the dividends and benefits of patience is that it will, it will fuel our perseverance. That if, we, if we're patient, what's going to happen in that is we're going to be able to persevere through the heartache and the pain and the struggle that's in this life. This may be a little bit of a silly illustration, but we love avocados in our family. I mean, we love... Any, are there avocado people? Yes. Okay, thank you. And what, what is so frustrating about avocados at Walmart... When you go to Walmart to buy avocados, how are they always? See? They're rocks, right? Are you gonna, I mean, they are. They are. I mean, Dondra will say to me, she'll say, hey, when you go to, don't, don't get avocados at Walmart if they're hard. They're always hard. They are, there is never soft avocados at Walmart. I'm sorry, Walmart. And if any of you guys work at Walmart, I love Walmart. I stay, but, So what, we have these tricks that we do, right? Have you guys put the avocados? I don't want to know all your wives' tail tricks that you do. Like we put avocados in water in the fridge and it helps them. I don't know. Anyway, here's my point. There is a point. You have to be patient for the avocados to soften. If you do them too early, it's going to be yeah, just a not good guacamole, right? Are you guys with me? But if you just wait till they're that perfect softness, if you, if you persevere, this is, what I'm, this is a picture of perseverance, avocados and guacamole. If you persevere, right? I needed a lighthearted moment in this sermon. If you persevere in, to, to the end is, is where we get to taste the fruit. And, and this is that picture. This is the picture of life that, that God is saying to us. He's saying, I know you feel like you know what's best. I know you want it your way. I know that you feel like it has to happen quickly. But, but I've given you my spirit. Why? Because I want to bear the fruit of patience in your life. And, it, and if you're patient, if you allow the spirit to be patient in you, then you'll be able to persevere. And you will get, there will be moments in our lives where we will get to taste the fruit and enjoy it. And the dividend of patience is that you will get to enjoy a life that is tasty, as silly as that may sound. I believe it's true. Lastly, there's a third benefit here, just quickly. I, I, I want to offer one from science and research that's not necessarily from Scripture. I, I did read a ton of things about patience these last few weeks. Cultivating patience actually impacts your physical and mental health. It's a true thing. There was a study, Schnicker and Emmons in 2007, they found that patient people were less likely to report health problems, headaches, acne, flare-ups, ulcers, diarrhea, and pneumonia. There was another study where they actually studied impatience and irritability, and they found that people who are impatient and irritable tend to have more health complaints and they sleep worse. They're, they're, 
Their, their sleep is worse. So if patience can reduce our daily stress, it's reasonable to speculate that it could also protect us from stressing, damaging things in our health. The reason we talk about the health stuff is because that's how God made us. God said, I don't want you to be stressful. I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to have worry. I don't want you to be irritable. I don't want you to be impatient. I don't want you to be complainer, and I don't want you to grumble. Why? Because it shows that you're the one who's in control. You've got it all figured out, and God's saying, no, 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 I'm going to give you my spirit to do what? To bear the fruit of patience in your life so that you can, you can experience life to its full. So, which would you rather pursue? Grumbling and complaining or patience? That is a trick question. It is a trick question. I almost said, here's a rhetorical question, because we should all answer that, patience. But when we walk out of here, what are we going to do? Grumble. <laughs> the sermon was too long today. That's what we're going to grumble. We're going to have our things, right? What we, you know, hurry. I, I got to go back to Dallas Willard, right? Hurry is... The one of the greatest enemies to our spiritual walk. <laughs> so, how do we develop biblical patience? How do we develop biblical patience? Well, I, I, I want to remind us here that the purpose of this series is, is the call of this series is to walk in the Spirit. So, so step back with me just for a second because our, the practic- what we want to do when we hear this is we're like, we're gonna, we, we start to think, okay, I'm not going to yell at the person in the left lane. It's like, Gah! is that all we wa- get from this sermon? I hope not. I hope not. I hope what we do is we say, man, there's so many places in my life where there's complaining and grumbling and, and this desire for, we, we express anger and, and a desire for revenge. And so I, I want to be free from that. So, so what we do is we say, we, we come to God and we say, God, patience is a miracle. O- only you, through the power of your spirit, could make me a patient person. And, and so what, what is the call to us? Well, Galatians 5 says, walk in the spirit. That the call is to walk in the spirit of God. We don't produce love, joy, peace, patience. We cultivate a space where the spirit can water and grow and harvest that fruit in our lives. And James ends his passage by saying, Behold, verse 11, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And what strikes me about this passage is that what James does to help his readers ponder and process patience is he brings their gaze back to God. That he says, I I want you to see who God is again. And he says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So can we today conclude by reflecting on God for just a few minutes here? Two things to help us with our grumbling and our impatience and our hurry. And I think the first is this, is that we have to just, like we're doing this morning, this is why we gather, we have to behold God's glory. We just have to remember how huge and significant and beautiful and majestic and wonderful the creator of the world is. Have you ever met someone uh, 
really important. And you have this, you know, person. I've never met anyone important. I maybe you have. I've not ever met anyone really that important. So I came up with an example. So like, let's imagine that I had an opportunity to meet Albert Pujols. And so I have a meeting with Albert Pujols, and it's at 3 o'clock, and so I go to the meeting. I get there at 2 because I don't want to be late, and I'm sitting there in the meeting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and 3 o'clock, someone comes out, and they say to me, hey, I'm sorry, Albert had something really important happen. He, it's going to be a little while. And I wait, and it's 3.30, and I wait, and it's 4, and I wait, and it's 4.30, and I wait, and it's 5, and I wait, and it's 5.30, and finally Albert comes out, and he says, hey, it's okay, I can meet with you now. Now, what would you do in a situation like that? Would you be mad at Albert? Would you say, Albert, I've been here two and a half hours? Would you have left? Would you have said, hey, I'm going to go? I I'm tired of waiting for you, Albert, so I'm out of here? If a really important person makes us wait, somebody whom I'm delighted in, I can take it. Think about that. This is the principle of beholding the glory of God. We need to delight ourselves in the majesty of God and realize that God is in control. And sometimes he looks at us and he says, wait, wait. And when God says wait to us sometimes, one minute in, we start stomping our feet. And we say, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. And part of the reason, part of our struggle here is because we don't delight in the majesty and wonder of God that to be able to meet with the creator of the universe is an opportunity that we've been given because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Which leads to the second thing, which is that the way that we can develop biblical patience is to behold God's patience for us. You know, this is one of those sermons where you wrestle with, are you patient? I mean, I've wrestled with that question just personally this week. And, and it is overwhelming to be reminded how patient God is with me. It's, it's overwhelming. I mean, my example in life is that it's so easy to complain write people off, to justify my own heart, to do all these things, and to be impatient with people. And yet God, in his mercy and his compassion towards me and to you, he never says, I'm done with you. He never looks at me and he says, Brian, I'm tired of your impatience. <laughs> I'm tired of your grumbling. I'm tired of your anger. I'm tired of how fast and hurried you are. I wonder if you feel like that today. That maybe God has looked at you and said, enough. I'm done. 1 Peter 3.9 says, he is patient with you. How patient? <laughs> well, to God, one day is a thousand years. And patient enough 
to send his son in the midst of all of our evil and our ungraciousness and our lack of compassion and our complaining and our our bitterness and our revenge. When we were nailing Jesus to the cross and saying, crucify, crucify him. And never in all of that did God ever say, I'm done. (laughs) He was patient with us. And the more we experience his patience towards us, the more the Spirit will bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and patience. So, is it possible to be patient with all the frustrating, challenging, unpredictable things that come into our lives in this fast-paced, have-it-now-hurried world? Yes, because of Jesus and his spirit in us, it is. So, walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit. Let's pray. Almighty, awesome God, may we behold your glory this morning and may we behold your patience. And might in that moment, in that beauty, might we therefore walk in the Spirit. Thank you that your Spirit is in us (laughs) to bear the fruit of patience. May that be a reality for us today and this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.